Congratulations! You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. And we have Don McGlashan on the show, who is a singer, songwriter, composer, and known from the band The Mutton Birds. And according to my dad, is Aotearoa Noble. Nobility, yeah. Nobility person. An absolute icon and such a pleasure to have on the show. Welcome yeah. to the show, Don. How's it going? Oh, I, I don't know what to say after that intro. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are so Nobody's excited. Nobody's called to me noble before. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my daddy's like, he is noble. And we yeah. are so excited to have you here. Yeah, very cool. Oh, how's, it's how good is to your, be here with you. Your Tuesday been? My Anything? Tuesday's good. I got up real early. We have a we have a rescue dog, a <gasps> um, uh, really old rescue dog, and it, and it can't. She can't handle other dogs, so I've been, <laughs> I've been getting up at 5.30 in the morning to try and walk her uh, before all the other West Auckland dogs wake up. Oh, that's so and, sweet. Uh, and it's been quite challenging. But she, we had a good walk this morning, and we only met one other dog, oh. which was good. Perfect. Wow. What an early start. You're very underway of your morning then. Yeah. Yeah, it's not very rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, um, you have got a new single that's just come out called Go Back In. Uh, congratulations for that. And what is this single about? Um, it's about um, those those times when your appetite for life kind of rises up and hits you. It's like uh, wanting, wanting, to go, wanting to go back and have another swim or another round or another dance or another helping of of dinner or whatever it's like uh yeah it's just about realizing that we we've got appetites and we've got hungers and we we're hungry for life beautiful that's quite cool like i feel like it's such a good i guess like summer tune we're just about to come into summer long road trips you know yeah i guess what was the mood you were trying to capture with the song was it that kind of summer upbeat (gasps) just what you say you you got it um because i i i don't know i mean i've I've been writing songs for a long time, and, and I, I I do I write a lot of songs where the the listeners got to listen at the front and stay on board the whole song and listen to the end um, and think about it a little bit, and then they get it. Um, and I've always thought, you know, I, I'm that's my habit of writing. I'm always going to write like that. But I always thought that as well, it would be really cool to be able to write something one day. That just captured one feeling and just sat sat in one feeling for the whole song, so that you'd um, you know you you could listen to it and think you know you only hear a little bit of it but you kind of know what it's about mm-hmm. and um, and I've never been very good at writing that sort of stuff but this one came out and I and I really like it and uh, it's partly I was being inspired by the band um, knowing that knowing that when I you know when I sent them a demo they'd all jump on it you know and, and uh, put all their wonderful energy into it so having Shane and James and Chris uh, on board, so that's inspired me to finish it. So I'm really pleased with it. Lovely. Awesome. Do you think you'll continue to kind of use this style, or is it more of just a, a an experimental one? That but you'll probably return back to your, what you know and do well as well. Not this, you know. I don't know. I mean, I think um, one of the things with this record, it's the first one that I've made, I think, ever, in, uh, where I immediately finished it, finished it, and immediately wanted to start the next record. Wow! And normally, normally I'm quite knackered, and I'm, <laughs> and uh, and I have to sort of have a rest for a, a few months. But this one, I had a I had a lot of songs. I had like more than the ten songs that I wanted to put on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually recorded about fifteen songs up at Ben. Edwards' studio in Littleton uh, last year, and then when when we finished that run, we 
uh, we did a bit more recording in Auckland, and then I went I went back to Vancouver, Canada, which is where I'm living about half the time these days. And I wrote a couple new songs, and they made it onto the record too. So um, I'm, you know, I'm kind of speeding up as I get older. Mm. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, and I guess this is always a question that I've thought about. When you go to sit down and to write music, are you someone that the words just kind of come to you and you write as it goes, or do you have to go to a certain space and write music? Mm. I can imagine it's quite a hard thing to, like, sit and down and do something. everyone does it differently yeah. as well. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, in terms of going to a space, I, there's a lovely um, lovely composer, uh, American composer called John Adams, I really like. He, he's kind of, I don't know, he's like, a, he's, he's like part of that uh, minimalist group of composers like Philip Glass and Steve Reich and that. Um, but he's more, he's fruitier than those guys. Um, he, he was, I saw him in an interview once and he said that he has a blue-collar approach. You know, he has a, particular chair he sits down on particular shirt he wears and then he goes he goes to a part of the country where he just breathes in breathes in the air and out comes music and uh and it's uh it's kind of a like a blue collar working kind of approach rather than uh it rather than a sort of inspiration approach and i'm a bit like that i have a i have a you know i have a way of working i've got i got um uh, sketchbooks, just just uh, Warwick, old Warwick, you know, school mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, work, <laughs> lecture <laughs> books, and I fill them up, you know, on a good uh, in a good year, I might, I might fill up two of them oh, with wow. uh, ideas for songs, and then uh, you know, when I, when it feels like the right time, I sit down and open those books and see what jumps out at me, and you know, try to work out what I want what I want to talk about in a song, and then and then eventually pick up a guitar. But that's the cool moment. The cool moment is deciding when to pick up the guitar or go to the keyboard and uh, early then it comes out a bit undercooked and if it's too late <laughs> too late it's too wordy you know yeah. so that's that's the cool thing just trying to trying to work out the right uh, the right time to uh, it's like cooking you know when you <laughs> right, what's the right time to pull something out of the oven totally and you learn that with experience i imagine which is probably why you're getting so so good at it so efficient as well um <laughs> You mentioned before that you've been songwriting for a very long time and a part of the New Zealand music scene for a while. How have you noticed that the industry has changed from when you started to now? Oh, it's it's changed in so many different ways. I mean, when when I was getting started, there were very few people singing in a New Zealand accent about about mm-hmm. local things, about Aotearoa, you know, um, landscape. Um, uh, there were also very few people, um, uh, you know, making a living out of music, going into music as a uh, as a career. Um, uh, there was very little uh, New Zealand music that was making it overseas and getting listened to. And now, all those things are different. You know, people are people are really happy to tell a local story. Um, people don't feel ashamed of. You know, they don't think that just because somebody's had an experience in Leeds or Texas, uh, you know, or Paris, that doesn't make it any more of an authentic experience from an experience you might have at Sandfly Bay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a big change, you know, a big change in, in, in my lifetime. Um, and uh, this, you know, there's lots of things. I mean, if, if, <laughs> it's, it's weird that, if, that other changes have happened too, that it's harder for people to sell uh recordings so 
a lot of us make uh, most of our income from uh, touring now. Yeah, and that's, uh, I was... that's a big change, and it's, that makes it difficult for everybody. And um, it, it it just shows when I look around and see all the people touring in New Zealand now. It makes me kind of uh, like awestruck, really, by the the amount of spirit and the amount of of courage there is out out there. Because it's not easy, you know. I'm trying to trying to get trying to get around the country this small often enough that you can reach all the people that you want to reach and mm-hmm. and and make enough money to finance the next tour or the next project yeah no it's quite crazy how you see like yeah the music industry change with all these online platforms like spotify and apple yeah. music and it's not like you know getting your gift card from itunes for christmas <laughs> and then going online Urban and cds or yeah records, yeah yeah, yeah I mean, I, when I was, you know, when I first was making making records, they were records, and then yeah. and then when when we started the front lawn in um, uh, in the eighties, the the uh, somebody said, you oh, you should make a CD. It's this new cool thing, <laughs> and um and we we'd never neither of us had a CD player, um so we we made the we we thought that you've turned CDs over, so we made a. We made uh, the the first front lawn CD with a with a side A and a side B, and, and you can still see that if you see the original the original CD, it still says that. Just that's just because we didn't know any better. And then um, you know, and then the, and then now you know, I've uh, in in my own career, I've sort of seen CDs get to the point where they're quite they're quite rare, and uh, mm. people are buying vinyl again. Yeah, oh. I just bought a record player with yeah. vinyls, and it's so cool and exciting. I know it's like a new thing for us. Yeah, very. <laughs> I love vinyl. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not really technical, so I don't, I can't really hear the difference, mm-hmm. uh, the audio difference between vinyl and CD. I'm, I'm sure I could if I listened to it hard, but um, I just love the fact Something that you can have a bigger picture and more art, and you know, you yeah. can have. You can have a, a, a sleeve with all the all the lyrics on it and all that. I love that stuff. Side A, side B. Awesome. And then just as a question that uh, we were thinking of is, for you, what has been the most memorable moment um, of being in this music industry and something that you hold on to and look back fondly? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> well, well, I tell you, for me, it was... Because um, I wrote this song, uh, Bathe in the River, for a for a movie for, for uh, my friend Paul Fraser's beautiful film num- number two mm-hmm. um, in 2006 and then a few years later probably 2008 or something like that um, I got a call from Holly Smith because uh, she sang it she sang it in the movie and she sang it when we when we released it as a single and she she called up just to say um, Don you'll never know what you never guess what I'm doing I'm I'm singing a version of Bathe in the River uh, at uh, at, uh, at um, Ngaro uh, Wahia for the for the handing back uh, of the uh, Waikato River to the Tainui tribes, oh, wow. and I've been asked to come and do that. And it's like um, that song particularly has given me a lot of experiences like that. You know, where um, uh, where uh, unexpectedly something that I've something that I've done, something that I've um, ma- made. Um, through a whole lot of reasons that have got nothing to do with me, uh, has sort of ended up in ended up in the community and being used. Yeah. Like you want when you when you when you write a song, uh, you're not you know you're not writing a novel or painting a big picture. You're you're writing something that you hope people will use. Like mm-hmm. uh, you know whatever for you know like to sing in the shower or to mm-hmm. uh, when they're driving along the road you know and they're, they're tapping the, the tapping the, the steering wheel with one hand and you know you want 
your song to be that useful thing that they use, you know, at that <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah. And um, with that song particularly, there's been times when uh, when it's really, um, it's jumped out at me uh, and hit me with quite a lot of force that that, that a bunch of people have, have found that song useful for whatever purpose. Beautiful, but, yeah. No, it definitely illustrates just the power of music mm, and um, yeah. how creative stuff can actually be used to really connect people and make positive change. So, yeah, beautiful memory. Thanks for telling us in lovely detail. Um, back to probably why we're here. What is coming up for you in the music scene? Uh, I'm Well, uh, I'm here... Uh, to tour this album, it was going to be released around now, but because of COVID um, yeah. and because the rest of the country, you guys don't want us grubby Aucklanders <laughs> uh, spreading our viruses around the country, and and you're right about that. Um, but um, it's now been pushed back to um, uh, to February, and we'll be touring. Uh, a lot in February. We've got a couple of um, South Island gigs. There's one we're playing the Nostalgia Festival in Christchurch, and we're playing uh, uh, the Sherwood in uh, in Queens- Queenstown. Mm-hmm. And then we come. Then we do the do the Squaw Festival in Auckland, and then uh, an Australian festival in March. And then we uh, head off on the postponed tour all the way through the second half of March and the first half of April around the country. Um, cool. And then. While um, when I'm not doing that, I'm I'm doing the music for this gorgeous uh, kids TV series that I'm working on with my old friend Harry from the Front Lawn, oh. um, which is called Kitty and Lou. And if you've got any, if you know any four-year-olds or six-year-olds <laughs> uh, or five-year-olds, um, uh, grab them and watch this show because uh, we really love it. We're really proud of it. Cool. Um, Kitty's what, what was it called again? Kitty and Lou. Kitty, as in Kitty's. Kitty Takanawa oh, and Lou, yes, and it's uh, it's got um, so Harry and I. Harry writes the scripts. Um, uh, he and I write the songs. I write the music. Uh, one of the one of the lead characters is Jermaine Clement. Um, Beautiful. And it's been it's been going for. We've been working on it for about three years. We're into the into the third series now, and we're getting we've got this latest series has got a has got guest cameos from Paul Kelly and. Julia wow. Deans and Anika Moore. What a project. Mar- Marlon Williams plays uh, a prehistoric bird at one point. Oh, awesome. <laughs> love that. Love Congrats that so much. That. Yeah, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, it's been lovely to talk to you. I hope you have the, uh, an amazing Tuesday, as always, and that your dog is, you know, yeah. walked and loved. <laughs> I don't know. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully your she's dog. sleeping now after yeah. the long walk. Okay, perfect. Well, yeah, no yeah, worries. Thank you. All right. Good to talk to you. Have a good day. You too. You too. See Bye. ya. Alrighty. Coming awesome. up next, we have Go Back and Don McGlashan's new single from his album, Bright November Morning, which is out um, mid-Feb. And yes. yeah, lovely yeah. chat, lovely corridor. Go Back In. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Sanana and Hannah on Radio 1. Stay tuned. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. Find more at r1.co.nz.